Blog Talk Radio. Show. 
I do. I, I, I That's do. Good. I, all the medicine, all the medicine I was on did not, um, you know, alter my memory. That's for sure. But um, I actually went back and listened to our show um, later that night when it was released on iTunes, and uh, it, it it did not. Radio didn't do me any favors in terms of how I sounded. I really sounded like shit. So I do want to apologize to the audience for even making an attempt to get on the air and talk wrestling. But when you got cabin fever and you're watching kids baking championship with your wife for four <laughs> days straight, you, you, I'm, I'm going to want to talk pro wrestling with you guys. So just please, I, I apologize, but I had my reasons. And much like a surprise entrant walking down the ramp at number 30, Rocky in studio gets in under the wire. Great that you're here, Rock. How are you doing today? Uh, doing fine. Uh, Ken, Dave, uh, sorry for the, uh, the late entrance. Well, actually, I did get in under the wire, but it's been an interesting morning, to say the least. Uh, but I'm here to talk some wrestling. I'm here to talk some World Rumble, and I'm pretty psyched for it. Well, before we get into the Rumble, I just I do want to talk to you, Rock, because you, you wrestled in a show last night. You uh, wrestled again for Fundraiser Wrestling, a great organization up here in the uh, northern New Jersey area. They're always doing, uh, they just do fundraisers, which is awesome. Uh, great group of guys, great locker room, great family-friendly show. Uh, how did your match go last night? Oh, yeah, no, thanks, uh, thanks, Ken. Uh, my match went pretty good. Uh, I was in a three-way dance uh, with uh, Chuck Payne, who was an uh, uh, up-and-comer. He, he's been in the business for a, for a bit, but he's a big guy. He's uh you know, about six three, six four, close to three hundred pound mark, muscular as hell. And the other entrant was CPA. So obviously, it made the match that much more interesting. Uh, unfortunately, I did not come out on top, but uh, I gave it my all. And as you said, Ken, fundraiser wrestling, great organization. Uh, it was a great crowd. The crowd was really, uh, really hyped for the show. You had you're talking about 150, 200. You know, and a good percentage of them kids uh, just going crazy for the action. And all in all, great show, great locker room, great time. Good stuff. And, um, you know, again, like, it was amazing as we were getting set for the show. Like, this week, it just seemed like every time you turned around, something else was popping up in the wrestling world. And we're going to get into Rumble. We're going to get your calls. Again, 347-838-9815. Um, we got to talk about Raw 25, but... You know, I do want to start off with just the 800-pound gorilla in the room. Um, and Enzo Amore, you know, uh, depending on whether you're a fan or not, uh, you know, bad news to come out of the WWE. I mean, um, I kind of, like, was down the middle with him. I, You know, sometimes I thought he was, like, really entertaining. Sometimes I was like, eh, you know, enough of the same shtick. Um, but, you know, you, you hear the stuff coming out about him. And, and look, who knows, innocent until proven guilty. Um, not going to judge the guy. I think we've gotten too far in our society right now where um, we, we, we assign guilt before we, we hear all the facts. Um, but from what I hear, I'm hearing, um, you know, the WWE was warranted in firing him, whether he was guilty or not, because of the fact that he did not disclose the investigation, which to me is just stupid. And it, it comes off. It makes you seem more guilty. Um, you know, I've, I've read a, a bunch of about the case. I've seen the, the uh, accuser in her interview on TMZ, uh, not to judge her, but it, 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 she didn't come off as, as very trustworthy to me. Um, so if, if Enzo winds up being innocent of, of all charges, it was really stupid not to include uh, the WWE in uh, the information and just let them know that this was going on. 
you know, I know Dave, you're our news guy. You pursue uh, these stories and get all the angles. Any other information, anything new that you're hearing? And, and what are your thoughts on Enzo? When a sexual assault hits your eye like a big supply, that's an Enzo Amore. <laughs> now, with that being said, <laughs> bada boom, realist defendant in the courtroom. How's he doing? Not Anyhow, I have. I have been following. I had to get a few of those jokes out there. I'm sorry. I've been dying to say that stuff all week. I've been saying that on social media. But I, I have. I mean, you've seen it on the Ken Reedy Show page on Saw. I've been like, I don't know. It just comes to me. I'm not very – I'll toot my own horn this time. That was from some funny shit. But anyhow, I've been following the case, the, the story, the case, whatever it is. And, um, you know, the timeline started with the, the, the allegations coming out on Twitter, which I found a little bit weird that she decided to bring this up on Twitter on social media, hours before the, the Raw 25 special. WWE finds out. They suspend him. Turns out they suspended him because he didn't, he didn't disclose the, the investigation with them when he'd known about it since October. The next day he gets fired. And I agree with you, Ken. I do think it was the right call for them to release him because, he's, it, it, first of all, it violates the morals clause in talent contracts, whether they're guilty or innocent, regardless of a conviction, if they're involved in an investigation um, involving a crime that, and they don't disclose that to the company, the company has every right to, to, to terminate their contract. And they made the right call. So for all the, the keyboard warriors out there on the internet that have been making up these petitions and these GoFundMe accounts to get Enzo and his job back, you guys are stupider than I thought. With that being said, um, it's an, it's an unfortunate situation, uh, to be quite honest with you. Like you said, Ken, her interview on TMZ, um, she doesn't have the best credibility. I mean, she's, she's known on social media, on YouTube, um, with modeling, but also it's been well known that she's faked pregnancies before. There's even a video on YouTube about that. Um, she's made allegations towards ex-boyfriends, an ex-boyfriend regarding rape. I'm not saying that she's, she's innocent or guilty in all this. And like I said, I'm one of those, like you, Ken, innocent until proven guilty. We'll let the facts play out and see how things go. But overall, it's a really unfortunate situation for all parties involved. And in today's society, with all the sexual assault claims that have been coming out towards celebrities, um, you know, it doesn't surprise me in the least bit. And we talked about it on this show after the Ric Flair special. It doesn't surprise me in the least bit that something like this came out. And unfortunately, Enzo's at the center of that controversy. Um, I don't know if he recovers from this. If he's found innocent, I don't know if he'll ever get back into the wrestling business. I don't know if he'll even want to. And I don't know if uh, this will, will, will uh, bring a black eye to the business in, in general, um, regardless of the results of this case. So um, it's very unfortunate the way this has all gone down. Um, like I said, I can't say that enough, and uh, I hope the best for all parties involved. That's really all I have to say about this. Yeah, you do want I mean, I, I just don't get Enzo's logic here, you know, especially if he's innocent. And, and again, we'll wait and see the facts uh, play themselves out. But in, in, you know, today's world and, and everything that, that's going on and, and when you're a celebrity, whatever level of celebrity you are, um, you know, how do you not – when you find out you're getting investigated, how do you not just head up to um, Vince's office and just be like, look, you know, I, I banged this chick out in Colorado. It was totally consensual. 
She's a little wackadoo. She's accused me of, of raping her. I, I just got to let you know, like, I did nothing wrong. It was consensual. Uh, when the police investigation is done, I will prove my innocence. But Vince, I just need to let you know, this is what's going on in my life right now. Uh, I, I don't know if you if you take your career seriously, and especially in wrestling. I mean, it's the WWE or nothing. And it's not to say the guys can't make a career on the independence, but um, you know, you want to get to the WWE. I, I just, you know, if he's innocent, this was asinine for him not to uh, clue in the WWE uh, on what was going on. And again, what you're saying, Dave, 100 percent, whether, you know, if, if this if this girl is, is making this story up and, and she's mentally ill and for whatever else is going on with her, I hope through this she finds the help that she needs. Um, if Enzo, in fact, did something that he shouldn't have done, well, I hope he's brought to justice. I'm just kind of hoping that whatever happens coming out of this, that it's uh, the best for everybody involved. Yeah, I, I think it's a sad situation all around, especially considering that when, as soon as Enzo split from Big Cass, he was kind of floundering. He, he was floundering for a bit, and eventually the company essentially builds 205 Live around Enzo. It's like, look, you, you're, you're not – doing so well as a singles guy, let's give you a spot. Let's put you in a position so you can succeed. And, you know, by all accounts, he was kind of holding that, that, that down for a bit, but to do something like this, to jeopardize all of that, how do you not get in front of it? Uh, it, it just, it boggles my mind when you have that kind of opportunity, it, it you know, you have that opportunity built around you and you don't, do your best to protect it. Uh, it. It just boggles the mind. Yeah. So, I mean, again, like I think Davey said best, like all the best to everybody involved. And, you know, unfortunately, again, a lot of stuff like this week in the world of wrestling, we kind of had to touch upon that, but let's get into some wrestle talk. And, you know, it was interesting as we get set for the rumble and I, I promise you, we're going to get into uh talk and rumble, but um, we got a raw 25, 25th anniversary, Monday night raw. Interesting that that falls, when it fell, because we, we didn't really get that traditional go-home show uh, for the Royal Rumble on Monday Night Raw. Um, you know, I, to me, like, and, and I want to get all your takes on, on Raw, you know, I thought it was a mixed bag. I thought there was some some good stuff. I mean, I, look, I popped hard when Stone Cold came out, even though I knew Stone Cold was going to come out in that beginning segment. Uh, Vinnie Mac is just brilliant at coming out. Just an absolute love fest for Vince McMahon. And then he turns on the Brooklyn crowd, gets the heat, glass shatters, plays pops. I mean, you know, you talk about best heels in the business. Like, you got to put Vinnie Mac right up there. Um, you know, and, and, and I like that, uh, you know, not to – and I got to piggyback off of, you know, I heard it, uh, Bully Ray on Busted Open made a comment, and I thought it was interesting that he would have liked to at some point during the show, whether it was in that open or someplace else, if, if Austin shared a beer – with a younger talent to kind of give him a rub. Uh, he said that would have been interesting to add to the show. Stone Cold didn't talk at all. That was basically it. You had that, that moment and that was it, which I thought I would have liked to see more of Stone Cold. Loved everything they did with Elias. Was not a big Elias fan uh, early, and he's definitely grown on me. Um, I'm liking him more and more. Um, I'm not saying that he's got main eventer written all over, but this guy's got a star quality about him that I like what I'm seeing. And I like the way, you know, we, we, we're critical, but let's, let's throw props where we can. 
I like the way creative is using him right now. I thought the exchange with Jericho, and that's kind of what I'm talking about with Stone Cold, the rub that Jericho gave uh, Elias I thought was great, and I, I really liked um, the fact that, that he got in that ring with, with Cena, and I'd like to see more with, with Elias and Cena. Um, the stuff at the Manhattan Center, and we'll, we'll get in more depth with The Undertaker on what exactly he meant. Um, you know, wow, like DX just <laughs> It might be time for, for these old men to stop with the crotch chops. I mean, I get it, and it was cool, to, but it was, it was kind of, I don't know. I don't want to say embarrassing, but it was kind of like a bunch of dirty old men coming down to the ring. Uh, but they gave uh, the Ballot Club uh, the rub, so I thought that was cool. I don't know if it's the best thing for the revival. Um, but when you're talking about three hours, two locations, uh, to me, the show left me a little bit flat. Uh, I... I was watching the show with producer Michelle, and when Austin came out, I was like, oh, man, we really should have gotten tickets for this. And by the end of the show, I was like, eh, I'm glad we stayed at home and watched it. I, I don't need that, that travel and everything. Like, I, I'm okay watching this at home. Um, it just kind of left me a little bit flat, some fun stuff, uh, some stuff that dragged. I get it that, that there were fans in the Manhattan Center that were not happy. However, they did get Taker. They did get DX. And apparently they all took home commemorative chairs. So uh, they did get some stuff, but I understand why. Um, like I, I actually, someone emailed me that they had a friend that, again, this is not the WWE's fault, but this guy spent $5,000 <laughs> for a, a ticket there. Now, to me, with where WWE Creative is, if you're going to spend $5,000 for a WWE event, that's, that's kind of on you. <laughs> but I get why, you know, he's at the Manhattan Center. And none too happy about the way Raw played itself out. So, uh, to me, I'm not going to sit here and bash it. I don't think it sucked. I'm not going to sit here and say, ah, rah, rah, and be like, you know, your, your typical fan that's just going to, like, bash everything. Uh, I, to me, at best, you got to call it a mixed bag. Some stuff worked. Uh, some stuff didn't. Um, it didn't give me that special feel that you're commemorating 25 years of Raw. Um, and, and that's my take on it. What would you think, Rob? Well, to your point, Ken, it, it had a lot of potential. We were all, you know, I think everyone who was a wrestling fan was psyched for it, pumped for it, and there was a lot behind it. And I think when you hype something up that much, in some ways, it, it almost has to fall flat a little bit. And in my view, yeah, it did. There were some moments, as you said, Elias, I think, you know, you saw, obviously, the company is really putting some faith in Elias with, who he interacted with, who he went on, you know, again, John Cena, you know, super Cena. Oh my God, he's putting over somebody. Yeah. That's the UIWC, mm-hmm. you know, but they obviously have a lot of confidence in, in Elias and his future. Uh, and the rest of the show, you had some, you had some fitting tributes. It was nice to see like the women out there, uh, you know, throughout the 25 years of raw Trish Stratus still looks freaking phenomenal for Christ's sake. Uh, but yeah, those people at the Manhattan Center, I, I can see where the the feeling was they fell flat and you know ear ear to the ground. You know, I think it was Triple H in the back who were saying like these guys aren't getting what you know what their money's worth. Let's phone some guys in here uh, and you know give these people a show. And to their credit, they did get you know they had uh, Bray Wyatt and Woken Matt Hardy, which was a, a bit of a strange match in itself. But still, 
you know, everyone wants, now that he has the Woken, uh, Woken gimmick, everyone wants to see Matt Hardy. So they got, they got a good show, but all in all, yeah, there was a lot of potential there. A lot of things they could have did. Uh, the interaction between JR and the King. Uh, again, you want it to be like yesteryear where those two guys just clicked and everything was like no time passed. But you got to realize these guys went two different directions in their career post-Raw. Uh, post so you get them together, unless those guys have been, you know, rehearsing for a little bit, there's still going to be a refeeling out period before those guys uh, are back in sync. So I know that uh, one complaint was uh, it didn't feel as, as organic as it used to. And of course not. It was, a, it was a different era. There was a lot of stuff going on during that time. You know, it, it could have been uh, a lot better. But still, all in all, I was happy with the show. Yeah, and there's the thing, like when, when King yelled puppies, I was like, oh, I mean, I get it, like, but I was like, it just, I don't know, again, that came off almost as creepy old man-ish as opposed to, like, you know, and, and I think, like, they, they may have been able to, to help themselves out a bit if they didn't, you know, announce certain people. If you, if they didn't announce that The Undertaker was going to be on and the gong hit, it would have been, oh, my God, The Undertaker's here. If they didn't announce that Austin was going to be on and the McMahons were down there and the glass shattered, that would have been incredible. And I, and I think that's part of it. I think a lot of fans, including myself, were hoping for more surprises. And, you know, I'm not a fan, but, you know, CM Punk showing up, um, Hulk Hogan perhaps, uh, The Rock. You know, I, I think a lot of fans kind of thought that they were going to get a, a big surprise on, on Raw. And when they didn't – when the WWE didn't deliver on that, um, I think that's kind of when you let, let, you're left flat. And maybe that's part of it, Rock. Maybe that's – you know, it's it's elevated too high beforehand. The expectation's too high, and so you can't help but being felt being felt like you were left flat. Well, it's a good point, Ken, but especially that's really tough in this day and age, the information age, because it seems you know we as wrestling fans, especially you, me, Dave, as old school wrestling fans, we can appreciate surprises. We can appreciate. You know, if we had no clue, and then all of a sudden, like you said, glass shatters, Austin walks down to the ring, huge pop. But unfortunately, in this three information day and age, it seems that people are just out to, you know, give the spoilers. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. It's almost like you have to shut off half the world in order to get a surprise these days. And it's funny, because honestly, on the, on that day, somebody, which again is amazing, like the stuff that's out there, but I saw someone post on Facebook, it's been confirmed CM Punk will be there tonight. Anyway, so, I mean, it's like, you know, there's stuff out there, and then there's a lot of misinformation. Dave, what do you think about Raw 25? All right. Um, I agree with both of you on, on, on several points that you made. Um, I think the, the, what I took away from it was the, the use of the legends and the Hall of Famers and the, the, the stars from the past overall was worse than a mixed bag. I don't think it was done very well. Like, on the subject of DX and the click or whatever, okay? Like, they've done that shtick before. Well, they all come out and they point to their dicks and say, we're in our 50s, but we still think we're friggin' cool. And, you know, 
Oh, they've done, like, they did that at the last reunion show they did. And they had, a, like, a reunion, a nostalgia reunion at WrestleMania a couple of years ago when they had the NWO and DX. It was like, I was like, all right, we've seen this before. As much as I like some of those guys, like, they went through all that trouble to drag all their asses out there, especially Shawn Michaels. My God, he's got to stop doing that bow-legged lap around the ring. Like, it's just, it's just embarrassing to watch. The, the one who looked the best out there was X-Pac. Like, I'd put X-Pac on 205 Live tomorrow, like, he looked in phenomenal shape, and he looked like he could go. But they went through all that trouble of all them pointing to their dicks, only for them to come out so they could endorse the club, like Balor and, and, and Gallows and Anderson, when I thought they could have found a different way to do that. And poor Revival. They were put in a bad spot. Like, I knew the week prior when they said they were going to come out and make a statement that they were basically going to be the ones that were buried by the legends. Um, you know, other instances that I didn't care for, the women, Okay. I thought it was a travesty that, like, Lita wasn't invited to this, and she was one of the female pioneers that really kind of inspired this women's evolution, revolution, or whatever the hell they want to call it these days, because they changed the name of it so many times. I felt like she should have been a part of it, and I felt like some of the girls on the stage had no business being there and being a part of it. Terry Runnels, Smelly Kelly, um, the Bella Twins, like, like, those girls did not embody any kind of, in my opinion, um, athleticism when it came to wrestling like they were all a part of like the bikini matches and the lingerie matches and don't get me wrong they're beautiful women and they brought sex appeal to the product but they are not in my opinion what the women's movement was or is currently in wwe um you know some of the names like trish michelle mccool jacqueline to an extent like those ladies like you can contribute to that but i felt like it was a complete oxymoron to have them all drag them all out there, have them all wave, and then talk about how they were big, big part of the, the women's evolution in wrestling and in WWE. It's like, wouldn't you want to showcase some of those girls like Trish or even like a Michelle McCool or even a Jacqueline, maybe put them in a match to exemplify what this women's evolution is all about. Instead, you're doing the opposite of that by having them come out and just wave and say hi to the crowd and show their tits. Like, I just thought it was – I thought that that segment was pointless. Like, I like the general manager segment. I thought that was cool. Bischoff got a great pop. I love Bischoff. Um, the, the, the APA playing cards, that wasn't a bad deal. But I felt like you, you brought these, some of these legends and these past stars in just so they can film a skit of them losing to, to Heath Slater in a card game. Like, I don't know. I just felt like the use – like, there wasn't enough um, – of the established stars and the legends giving the, the, the current talent a rub. I felt like they needed to do that more than just drag them out there, wave and say, remember me from 25 years ago when I was over, you know, like I just, I, I didn't think that the, 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 the mixing of the established and the, the talent was done, you know, the current talent was done right. Totally agree. Austin McMahon stole it. Great pop chemistry still there. Austin didn't, in my opinion, didn't have to talk and he had the place lit up. Um, but I just wasn't like, I mean, I don't know. I wasn't a big fan of a lot of stuff from, from Monday's raw 25. I loved Miz and Roman Reigns. I thought it was an excellent match. It was probably one of the best matches of Miz's career. And I said it on the raw chat and I'll say it tonight. Um, Miz, he doesn't need to establish that intercontinental belt anymore. That belt is established. They need to give that belt to someone who needs the rub and Miz needs a run with the universal title or the WWE title. He's that good. He's the best character wrestler performer in wwe today right up there with aj styles they're like neck and neck easily i i I was i was so impressed 
with that match. And that's just how I feel about Raw 25. I didn't get a lot of good out of it. But it's unfortunate because I was really looking forward to that show. And so was I. Let's let's get into because I think that one of the biggest things, and, and we have a call on the line. I'm going to get to, like, ASAP. Thank you for being patient. Got a, someone from Connecticut uh, calling in. We're going to get to you in just a sec. But I, I do want to hit Taker before we go to the caller, and, and maybe we'll get the caller's take on Taker. Taker. Take take on Taker. Um, I don't like. I'm curious with you guys. Like I I took the promo as now. I you guys know we've talked that on the show before. I I want Taker to be done. Like I'm I'm cool with this. I'm not going to be chanting one more match. Uh, I I think that the character was laid to rest beautifully last year at WrestleMania. Um, you know, Father Time is undefeated. Uh, Taker is an all-time great, has, has led us down some incredible storylines and, and just has, has taken us on some emotional roller coasters, uh, both outside and within the ring. I don't want, I think it's time for him to hang it up. When he came out on Monday night, when he ended, and I'm paraphrasing here, but when he ended the, the, the promo with um, something the effect of, you know, all the souls I vanquished can now rest in peace. I took it as the Reaper is no longer following you. The Reaper is no longer stalking you. So now you can rest in peace because I am leaving. That I kind of took that as a definitive retirement, that that was it for him. That's a, and again, I, I just think the way the Undertaker is, the way that character is, that he's not going to come out and be like, I'm old, so I'm hanging up my boots (laughs) and going away. I'm retired. I mean, it's just, I I just can't imagine. Everything with him is is symbolic. You know, there's metaphors. And and again, including last year's mania, folding up the coat. Uh, That was a really bad take impression, wasn't it? But uh, folding up the coat, putting the hat down, you know, that was all, it's all symbolism with him. That's the character. So I don't think we're going to get a literal retirement. So when he finished, I was like, that's it. That's it. And that's cool that he like retired at, at raw 25 in the Manhattan center. I'm like, that's awesome. But then when Jim Ross came on and was, what does he mean by that? A very cryptic message from the undertaker. And I was like, all right. So now that they're definitely trying to at least get the fans thinking. And you would think that, um, you know, Vinnie Mac or someone else in the back is, is in JR's headset. Uh, kind of, I, I would, and again, I'm just assuming this. I thought it was interesting that um, he, he kind of played it off as, as Taker's promo was open-ended and what does it mean? And I kind of took, I kind of had closure with it and then JR ruined my closure. <laughs> so I, I don't know. Now at this point, I don't know what to think of it. I tend to still lean towards thinking that he's done. But I'm curious, Rock, what do you think with it, with his promo? Well, yeah, that does kind of it, it did kind of muddle the waters a bit uh, because, like you said, when he retired, when when he folded up the coat and took off the hat at, at WrestleMania, it was a moment. It was a complete WrestleMania moment. And the fact of the matter is, as much as he's not performing right now, and I'm sure he's home, you know getting in shape or staying in shape. That's the other, I'm glad you brought that up. He looked awesome. Yeah. That was the other thing that, that I was like, wait a second, like maybe he is going to have one more match. 
Well, yeah, no, I, I'm sure that I'm sure the guys are gonna chill at home, keep it in shape, as, but be that as it may, he's still not getting any younger. And I don't care how you know good a shape you're in, if you start you know, rolling around in that ring, your body's gonna remind you, hey, hey, <laughs> you're not you're not young kid anymore. Quit doing that. And like you said, The Undertaker is such an iconic character, all about symbolism. And we've had this discussion before on other superstars that have returned, like such as Kurt Angle, such as speculating about Daniel Bryan. If Undertaker comes back and he's not The Undertaker of old, all it does is hurt the fans. Yeah, the fans will maybe the fans will cheer, maybe the fans will pop when he comes in. But as they watch that piece of reverence you have for the character kind of freaking screams inside like no please no so I really do hope I agree with you again I really do hope please let this be done I I don't know if JR like you said I don't know if somebody if the wrong person was in JR's headset saying yeah man, make it make it ambiguous but I'm just hoping that you know God bless, God bless the guy he has given us such great moments in wrestling history but man please Please be done. And what did you think of it, Dave? Um, I didn't think of it the way you thought of it after the, that statement. Now, that was a good, was a good way of looking at it, Ken. I didn't really think of it like that. Um, you know that the Reaper's not following you. You can all rest in peace now. However, on the flip side of that, um, he told all his opponents that they're going to rest in peace for so many years that I felt like when he said, "You can all rest in peace," that like. He still wasn't done, um, looking back on it. I was still a little perplexed. I've watched it a few times. Um, I honestly didn't know um, what to make of it. I'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to double talk out of my, both sides of my mouth here, and I'm going to be like the people that I can't stand, which is the Internet Wrestling Community, just for a moment. So please bear with me. So please just bear with me, guys, okay? Because last week when we talked about this subject on this show, um, I brought up the idea of, Undertaker coming out just as himself in his street clothes, no wrestling gimmicks whatsoever, and kind of giving a real heart-to-heart speech about not, you know, about Reigns kind of, you know, giving being the reason he's going to hang it up, and you know, all the injuries, and almost being Mark Calloway and not being that Undertaker character. And then Cena would come out, and they would set up the match with the two of them, and you know, or maybe Reigns comes out, he endorses Reigns. I don't know. Anyhow, I'm going to be like the internet and say, I didn't like what happened on Monday. And I wish they would have used my way of booking it because I feel like they going a different route and a different approach as opposed to the status quo would have gotten more attention and, and more positive attention than what we're seeing with following this promo or this interview or whatever you want to call it from Monday night. Um, so with that being said, when he said, may you all rest in peace, I'm taking that as, I'm not done yet, and, you know, I, I, got, I got one more left in me. I did like the symbolism in him not wearing the hat, coat he wore at Mania, and the gloves. I thought that was cool that he came out with, like, the hooded, the hooded trench coat with the sleeves cut off, and, he, and he, he didn't have the gloves on. I liked that he, he kept with the continuity of how he walked away last year at WrestleMania. Um, but other than that, like, I just wasn't like, I don't know. I felt they advertised him to appear and this is what he did. I felt like there should have been something bigger from him. I was kind of hoping that 
he was going to cut that promo at, at, at the Manhattan Center. And then at Barclays, he would show up and do something at the end to really get, you know, get people's creative juices flowing that he's sticking around. And, and you have a definitive answer that he's going to be sticking around. I just felt like that even fell flat. And I'm not trying to be a negative Nancy like the people I can't stand in the internet wrestling community. But I just really didn't <laughs> care for the way that the, the whole thing played out. To me, it was just they got a chance to redeem themselves, and there's a good chance that he might be in tonight's Rumble. So we'll see what happens. But, you know, I'm not throwing anything off the, off the table in terms of whether he's retired or whether he's not retired anymore. I'm done playing the guessing game. I'm just going to let it play out. And does he mean that? Does he mean that all, all his competitors can finally rest in peace because he'll be showing up at tonight's Rumble to put 29 other guys down, put them all rest in peace, do we get a retention, and then we get a rematch in New Orleans for the Universal Championship, Taker versus Lesnar. Lots of stuff to get into. Lots of stuff to talk about. we got to get into the Rumble. Caller, thank you for hanging out there. We're going to get to you right after this segment. But right now, we do this every pay-per-view. It's time for Dave's pay-per-view throwback Rumble style. Take it away, Dave. Thank you very much, Ken. Happy 2018, class, and welcome back to another year here at the Ken Reedy Show, the best in pro wrestling talk. And welcome to another semester of the award-winning historical retrospective in the pro wrestling podcast game. Today, I present to you pay-per-view throwback. Tonight is a very special night. Tonight is the first WWE pay-per-view of 2018 that we will be covering here on the Ken Reedy Show. But it's also the 30th anniversary of the Royal Rumble event. And with a milestone this big, you would think that I would divide and conquer this historical retrospective into two parts so you can all experience the historical significance of the Royal Rumble event. Well, that's what you would think, right? Well, I hate to break it to you, but as Bad News Barrett would say, I'm afraid I've got some bad news. I've decided to keep you all guessing. And instead of stretching things out to cover the entire history of the Rumble event, I've decided to give you a sample, if you will, some key moments in Rumble history that may or may not affect tonight's 31st installment. So without further ado, allow me to present the very first pay-per-view throwback historical retrospective of 2018 entitled Rumble Sampler Platter. Let's start things off with the women of WWE. Tonight, a historical milestone will be presented to us in the form of the very first women's Royal Rumble match. Much like the males, 30 women compete for a chance to headline WrestleMania for a shot at either the Raw or SmackDown women's titles. A feat so large that many of you armchair bookers might think that the women have a lot of pressure on themselves. Some of you may think that the women may be unable to deliver on a big stage such as the Royal Rumble. I hate to break it to you, but you're going to be wrong in this instance. As it was 30 years ago at the inaugural Royal Rumble event, when for the first and only time in Royal Rumble history, we saw the World Wrestling Federation ladies' tag team titles defended in a two-out-of-three-falls match as the Jumping Bomb Angels defeated the Glamour Girls to become the champions. Following that exciting bout, the women were highlighted sporadically at Rumble events for championship opportunities or for the purpose of entertainment in bikini contests and Miss Rumble pageants. It wasn't until these last few years that women's wrestling was taken seriously. Last year, for a precedented first time, the Royal Rumble event saw three women's matches take place. Two on the kickoff show with Nia Jax taking on Sasha Banks. A six-woman tag team match from the ladies on SmackDown as Becky Lynch teamed with Naomi and Nikki Bella to defeat Alexa Bliss, Natalia, and Mickie James. 
and a championship encounter, pitting Charlotte defending her Raw women's title successfully against Bayley. This year, the majority of the women's roster of both Raw and SmackDown will comprise the 30 combatants in the female Royal Rumble match. And as history has shown us from the men's Rumble matches, surprises could be in store for the women's Rumble as well. Let's take a look and see who may show up in Philadelphia this evening. Could we see surprises in the WWE Hall of Famers? Trish Stratus, Beth Phoenix, Medusa, and Lita, just to name a few, have all hinted at the excitement of participating in this match. I'm willing to bet at the very least one of these women will make their presence felt in this Rumble match. Beth Phoenix is no stranger to Royal Rumble matches as she participated in the 2010 Rumble match, eliminating the great Kali, only to be tossed out by CM Punk not too long after that. Karma, or Awesome Kong to some, entered the 2012 Royal Rumble match, eliminating Michael Cole of all people. Her role in the hit Netflix series Glow has helped her attain a larger level of notoriety in the women's wrestling community that she hasn't experienced before. Could she make her return tonight to plant her flag in the WWE Women's Evolution? Could some new faces from NXT's women's division enter the Women's Rumble match and make history? (sighs) Billy Kay and Peyton Royce have brought their Mean Girls routine to NXT to positive reviews, while NXT Women's Champion Ember Moon has made a splash at full sale with main roster intentions coming sooner rather than later. Could any of these women get noticed in the historical Women's Royal Rumble match? Or maybe a virtual unknown to most WWE fans, but a name to the indie scene like Tessa Blanchard. And we can't forget about Ronda Rousey. Speculation has run amok on her impending arrival to WWE, and could tonight be that night? Regardless of who shows up, one thing is for certain, we'll all be witnessing a first in WWE. And these days, you can't say that about many things WWE presents creatively. Tonight's WWE Championship match is an interesting affair and one of the most promising title matches not only in WWE history, but in Royal Rumble history. seems that WWE Champion, the phenomenal AJ Styles, has been caught in the middle of a McMahon power struggle as he's managed to get himself inserted into a handicap match, defending his WWE title against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Styles wouldn't be the first person to be on the wrong end of a McMahon family business decision, but this time around, his insertion into this match was not perpetuated by Shane O'Mac, but his managerial counterpart, Daniel Bryan. The power struggle between Shane and D. Bry has brought us to this championship predicament, but this wouldn't be the first time in Royal Rumble history that the McMahon family got themselves involved in high-stakes affairs. We go back to 2016. <clears throat> Mr. McMahon and the authority placed WWE champion Roman Reigns in a situation that would be hard to come back from as Reigns was forced to defend his championship against 29 other men in the 30-man Royal Rumble match. As usual, odds were stacked against the big dog, where he entered the bout at number one, and along the way, having to deal with countless roadblocks consisting of hired henchmen by the WWE chairman. Only to come out on the losing end when Triple H at number 30 entered the bout, eliminating Reigns and moving on to become a 14-time WWE World Heavyweight Champion. But it was earlier in that match that an unfamiliar roadblock entered at number three when AJ Styles made his WWE debut in the Royal Rumble match. The crowd in Orlando were on their feet as the proverbial TNA franchise player had stepped foot inside a WWE ring for the very first time. Fast forward to later in that match as Kevin Owens would make his Royal Rumble match debut ready to plant his flag in the primo real estate known as the WWE Championship. 
Both men's paths crossed as time went on in this match until a familiar face to Kevin Owens would enter the fray when Sami Zayn made his WWE main roster and Royal Rumble match debut. With his eyes set on the man who tried to end his career for over a decade all over the world, but more recently at that time in NXT. The good friends, better enemies, wasted no time in trading punches and getting better acquainted in front of the standing room only crowd. However, Owens managed to get the best of styles, ending his WWE debut. But the arrival of Sami Zayn signaled an exciting exit for fans of one Kevin Owens. With the title up for grabs tonight, does the Sami and Kevin show implode? Or will we see a well-oiled machine focused on ending the reign of arguably the greatest in-ring performer of this generation? Can Styles overcome the SmackDown Live managerial politics and the indie darling best friends to keep his title? Who knows? But I, for one, being a big fan of Styles, look forward to this wrestling dream match in the heart of the blue-collar crowd in Philadelphia. The Beast the monster, and the machine. Look to make the Broad Street bullies of Philadelphia look like a Cub Scout pack when these three collide for the United for the Universal title. Excuse me. Brock Lesnar is in a familiar scenario tonight as he defends his Universal Championship against Braun Strowman and Kane. It was in this very city, Philadelphia, at this very event, the Royal Rumble, that Lesnar defended his WWE title against Seth Rollins and John Cena in a fantastic triple threat encounter that some say was 2015's match of the year can't say many experts will call tonight's match a match of the year candidate but we do expect to see a train wreck of epic proportions question is will it be a good train wreck or a bad train wreck i'll let you decide kane has held the dubious distinction of most rumble eliminations in a single royal rumble match a record broken by roman reigns in 2014 he can also lay claim to being the man to have the most accumulative royal rumble match eliminations in history but in his illustrious career, Kane has never competed in a championship match at the Royal Rumble event. Brock Lesnar, he's 3-0 in Royal Rumble title matches. And Strowman, in his short career, has only competed in two Royal Rumble matches. In his first Rumble match, ironically enough, he eliminated one of his opponents in tonight's match, Kane. And was eliminated by his other opponent in tonight's title match, ironically, Brock Lesnar. Kane is winding down his career and looking to try his hand in local politics in Tennessee, which is something I didn't expect to say at all, let alone in 2018. So a championship victory for the Big Red Machine would be a fitting way to cap off a storied 20-year WWE career. Braun Strowman has broken out of the pack and become the blueprint for big men in today's WWE landscape. His momentum has been halted at times within the last year, but a title victory for the monster among men could just be the thing to make Braun into a made guy in WWE. And Brock Lesnar is rumored to be nearing the end of his WWE contract following WrestleMania this year. Could a victory over these two impressive gargantuan human beings be another benchmark for the beast as he comes to a crossroads in his professional career? Yes, WrestleMania is still to come, and no doubt Brock will play a major role on that show. But does his performance tonight foreshadow where we see the beast heading into WrestleMania 34 and where he goes following that event? Does MMA and the UFC become the newest endeavor for Brock to conquer? Maybe we see a repeat performance from Brock, like we did in 2015. Brock was virtually the punching bag to Seth Rollins and John Cena, with many inside the Wells Fargo Center think, thinking the Beast Incarnate would leave with his title intact. But at the last second, Brock rose from the dead to deliver a devastating German suplex to Seth Rollins and root to a F5 on John Cena for the victory. How will it all go down tonight? History has told us one thing. Will it repeat itself? 
A lot can happen between now and WrestleMania, that's for sure. Which brings me to the men's Royal Rumble match. In recent years, the Royal Rumble match has been looked at as a disappointment in terms of predictability. Since 2013, only one man has won the Royal Rumble match that hadn't won the match prior, and that would be Roman Reigns in 2015 in Philadelphia, the so-called city of brotherly love. No love was shown for Reigns that night when he entered the ring, and quite frankly, that could be due to a number of circumstances. Some could argue that the development of his character at that time would be portrayed in a silly manner, not believable to the rough Northeast wrestling fans, who at times often dictate who's a star and who's not. Not taking away Reigns and his ability, because I've been a supporter of his since day one, and I still am, but I like to call him like I see them. And on this night, no matter what he did in that ring, Philadelphia was dead set on hating the big dog. Even a cameo appearance by The Rock couldn't save the negative response from those in attendance that night. Now, some could also argue the backlash towards Reigns could be attributed to the early elimination of internet wrestling community favorite Daniel Bryan. At that time, Bryan was out with a neck injury following his inspiring storybook World Heavyweight Championship victory at WrestleMania 30 a year prior. And his career was in question. So when the announcement of his entry into the Royal Rumble weeks prior hit the dirt sheets, the Philadelphia faithful damn near booked the finish to the match without letting WWE creative know what's going on. Fortunately for them, management had other ideas that night when Bray Wyatt eliminated the leader of the Yes Mover after only a few minutes of action in the early stages of the Royal Rumble match. To say this creative decision didn't go over well would be an understatement. It's 15,000-plus voiced their opinions negatively at WWE management throughout the entire match, which includes Reigns' entry and his victory. Now, I said this then, and I will say it now. I may be riding the fence on this subject, but I'm a fan of both guys, and I can see the perspective of both the fans that night and management. For the fans, Brian had his title run cut short due to injury, and the comeback story could be seen as redemption not only for the Daniel Bryan character, but for the fans as well. I'd like to think I'm part of the majority to feel that way. On the other side, WWE management couldn't take a risk of going with Brian as their top guy, yet again, knowing his history with an injury such as neck trauma. So pulling the trigger on a talent the caliber of Reigns was necessary and the right thing to do for business because at the end of the day, it's a business, and your creative input means dick. It's your money is what they care about, and if you're too naive to think otherwise, then you should stop eating laundry detergent pods. Class, let me remind you, I'm not referring to you, your smart, intelligent wrestling fans who understand where I'm coming from. That's why you're in this class in the first place. Moving on. Reigns had become a victim of terrible character development, and his ascension to the top came at a time when fans weren't ready to invest in anyone else but Daniel Bryan. So their frustration is understandable, but to display such visceral hatred for a guy who busts his ass every single night, who can go in the ring, who has unlimited potential that could be a building block in the industry for years to come, is downright stupid. And that's why I can't stand parent basement lounging, hypocritical asshole crybaby virgins such as the internet wrestling community. As far as tonight's male Royal Rumble match goes, if I were Vince, I'd book Reigns to win it again in the same city that you assholes IWC, not you, class. I love you guys. Boot him in when he won it in 2015. Just to stick it up your asses and say we'll book whatever we want and you'll still pay money to see us regardless. But going that route would just be too easy. If I were Vince, maybe I'd have Cena win it. So he can join the elite club with Stone Cold Steve Austin winning three Royal Rumble matches. Because before there was Roman sucks and you can't wrestle, chance. There was let's go Cena, Cena sucks, chance. 
that I'm sure the parasites in the IWC remember fondly. Cena tied Ric Flair last year for 16 world title reigns, and winning tonight's Royal Rumble match could be one step closer in breaking that record. And I know how much that would pain you to see such a thing. That's why I wouldn't mind seeing that outcome occur. But I'm not in that kind of mood tonight. They could always succumb to the IWC's crying and complaining and book Shinsuke Nakamura to win the whole damn thing. An outcome I wouldn't have an issue with whatsoever. But if it didn't happen, I wouldn't threaten to never watch the product again until next week or threaten to riot in the streets, even though that would never happen because the IWC is full of a bunch of hypocritical millennial pussies that can't back up what they say. So I don't see a riot occurring. Tonight, I'd rather see someone new win the Rumble match to add some unpredictability to the history of the match as well as boost the status of this new winner. And with that being said, class, I'll make you all wait till later to hear which superstars I feel have the best shot at winning the 2018 Men's Royal Rumble match right here on our Royal Rumble pregame show at the Ken Reedy Show, the best in pro wrestling talk. Until then, thank you for your time. Enjoy the Royal Rumble. Class dismissed. Great stuff. A little, a little angrier this week than, than usual in the throwback. 347-838-9815 is the number to call. Caller, thank you so much for being patient. We're going to the phones now. Going out to Connecticut. Caller, are you there? Kenny. Hey, what's going on? It's Mr. Trivia. How are you? Mr. Trivia. Woo! Doing all right. Hey, long time no speak. How's things going for you? Things are going quite well. Uh, I was enjoying Dave's rant. Uh, obviously, he seems to be feeling better. I wish him all the best with his health, and uh, hopefully he'll get over this quite well. But uh, tonight is going to be an interesting show, I believe. Uh, I'm curious, like, who do you think, I mean, give us, like, the some of the big matches. Like, who do you think wins the Rumble? Who do you think wins the, the Universal title Uh is there a match tonight that you're looking forward to more than others? So, what are your thoughts on tonight? tonight? Well, when we when we did our when we did our pay per view prediction show this morning, I um I predict for the men Nakamura because they uh you know somewhere along the line they want to set up Nakamura AJ Styles at WrestleMania and what better way you know to have that done you know with the title and all for the women um there's a lot of people that are putting. Um, a lot of emphasis on Asuka winning the winning the Rumble for the women. Now, is Shayna Baszler in the Rumble? Will she be in it? I mean, she's got just as good a shot. But if not, then I see I see Stephanie coming out at thirty. For some reason, I don't know why. It's just I see Stephanie coming out at thirty. Um, I've heard a few mixed uh, rumblings about Ronda Rousey might be there. Ronda Rousey's out of the country. I mean, I don't know if she shows up. If she doesn't show up to me, um, it really doesn't matter if she shows up. I'm just like, yeah. Are you there? I think, I think we lost Mr. Trivia. So sad. Uh, give us a call back. We'll, we'll get you on. Uh, I think your call dropped, so we're going to have to Drop you there, but Miss Trivia, thank you for the phone call. Glad to, you know, it's been a while since he, he phoned in for us. So, um, has been. Uh, well, let's get into it. You know, we got to get into. We got to actually talk about the Rumble. We've got lots of stuff to to get into, and uh, you know, why not? Like, let's start off with the ladies. A historical night tonight, and um, you know, a, a ladies Rumble. I, I think we've heard a lot of that. There are a lot of rumblings of of Stephanie kind of making her presence felt, and um. 
getting into the ring tonight. Obviously, there's a lot of rumors about Ronda Rousey. Could Rousey be involved? Uh, there's a few empty spaces in, in the matchup. And before we get into our picks for this Rumble match, what we're going to do on this show is for the three of us, um, we're each going to get a, 10 numbers apiece for the two Rumble matches just for fun to see which one of us on the show winds up winning via our number. And our producer, Michelle, has just come in studio, and she's got those numbers lined up. She's been picking the numbers outside of the studio just to so it's completely unbiased. And, Michelle, why don't you head on over to uh, Rocky's microphone and, and right. uh, kind of give us some of the numbers. And if you can hear, that's the paper <laughs> waving. I did a legit pick. I Like we do that's, when we have people over. What we expect out of you. Of course. I wrote out 30 pieces of paper. I folded them up. I shook a bowl and I picked shook them out. A, I shook a bowl. Shook a bowl. And I picked, I picked Ken, Rocky, Dave in that order straight through. And these are the numbers. Do you really want me to read all 30? Just go quick. So like, all can, right. how'd you list them? Like by person? No, I wrote one to 30. And then as I picked, I write your name. Okay. So system you, I use that. So this will be for both and, rumble matches. Once just run through and, and give us our numbers. Sure. Okay. You'll be excited, I think. Well, you guys will be. Your numbers. Ten numbers each because there are 30. Three people. Uh, number one, we have Ken. Wow. Ken, you don't have to write them down. I'm not writing them down. Yes, right here. Okay. I'm just going to read them off. Ken, Rocky, Rocky, Ken, Rocky, Dave, Dave, Ken, Rocky, Dave. That's the first ten. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to make it not boring. Um, number 11 is Ken. So we got Ken, Dave, Ken, Dave, Dave. Ken Dave, Rock Dave, Ken at 20. So that's your 20. And we will do the final 10. 21, Rock. We got a rock block here. We've got rock, rock, rock. Uh, I'm, I'm liking this rock block. <laughs> yeah, so that's uh, 21 to 23. Then we've got Ken, Rock, Ken. Dave at the number 27. Rock at the number 28. Ken at number 29. And Mr. Rosenbluth with the coveted number 30. Number 30. Yeah, Daniel Bryan, right? <laughs> Which is the other number? 27 or 28? I think 27 is okay. like one of the, the leading. Dave, you have that too. So, so yeah, we could we like I'm post that up on our Facebook page. Just totally. For all of you out there listening, we're going to keep track of which number wins and who wins tonight. Uh, but we'll keep that for both rumbles. Uh, before, before I let you go, producer Michelle, and thank you for picking the numbers. Um, any thoughts? I mean, you, you've gotten in the squared circle. You've talked uh, wrestling, you've wrestled, you've done interviews, you're a lady in a male-dominated business, history being made tonight. Your thoughts on there being a ladies' rumble match, finally, the first one ever. I think it's pretty cool. Um, You know, I I would never want to go over that rope myself because I kind of tried once in the ring and I was a little scared. Um, (laughs) But I think it is kind of crazy that it's been this long and they haven't had a woman's rumble. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see people, uh, you know, uh, coming out, you know, that, that have it. What? No, Sorry, no. Um, no that, that's just Monty in the background there. Um, I, I do think it's interesting to see people coming back that haven't been around in a while. I'm looking forward to that kind of thing. Um, you know, I don't think it's going to be someone like a Kelly Kelly that's going to win, you know, I think I'm going to go with sort of the obvious, maybe like a Sasha Banks, you know, because I feel like they don't really give us um, anything super creative lately. And I don't think they're going to pick a dark horse, but you know, I could be wrong. 
I kind of rooting for Bailey because I know Dave LaGreca from Busted Open has a bet with a fan that he has to dress up like Bailey oh, WrestleMania yeah. weekend. It, it, I mean, just for Dave LaGreca to be dressed up as Bailey in New Orleans WrestleMania that, weekend. Just be, change my pick. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you can root for and pick. But, hey, yeah. Michelle, thank you so much for, for the numbers. Thanks for your take on the latest Rumble match. And, uh, you know, busy in there. I've got the, the Smells food. good. i got some food yeah. going. i got the dog in there. So <laughs> let's not let him get into the food. So on that note, I'm going to go, and I will send you a picture of the pick. Thank you, Michelle. And there you have it, our, our numbers for the Rumble match. Like, I, I forgot them just about as quickly as she read them off. So well, let's get into the ladies' uh, the ladies match. Um you know, we got some room for surprises. Uh, there's definitely not 30 entrants. I believe there's, I think there's there's room for at least nine or so um, surprises. Um, I kind of agree with Michelle uh, that I, I don't think, like, one of those surprises is going to, like, I don't think Kelly Kelly is coming with the victory. I would love to see someone like Mickey James win this match. Uh, I don't see that happening either. I am, however, I am going to go. Go with an upset pick. I don't think Oscar's going to win this. I think it's too obvious, and I'm not going to pick Oscar. Although I should maybe the I should go with the absolute obvious. I am actually going to go with Mandy Rose. Mandy Rose, Mandy Rose my upset pick. Maybe because she's hot. I don't know, but that's my <laughs> my upset pick. I'm going to go with Mandy Rose. Um, I, I I just think Oscar's too obvious. Um, I think Michelle's on point, like Sasha. She, I'm, I'm kind of tired of Sasha. I'd like to see something new happen, something different. Uh, maybe we have something uh, crazy happen. Do we have two ladies thrown out at the same time and controversy? Who knows? But I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with my upset pick. I'm going with, with Mandy Rose with the victory. Dave, your thoughts on this match? Um, I'm interested in it. Kind. Uh... Hopefully, you know, what I found interesting about the build-up to this is that, you know, because this is the first women's Royal Rumble match, the the emphasis on television has been put on this match and not so much the men, um, and I like that. So they're obviously putting real serious importance into this match. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to the surprises in this match for the women. Um, we've been hearing a lot of stories. Kelly Kelly's in town. I just read something that, Tori Wilson and Lita have been spotted backstage at the Rumble, so maybe Lita's going to be redeemed and, and, and be involved in this match. Who knows? But um, I'm, 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 really inter- I'm really interested to see how they, they, they play this whole thing out. Um, and, uh, I mean, I don't know. It's, now, let me ask you something. You, you picked Mandy Rose. Is that going to be an official pick for our pay-per-view scores, or are we going by whoever wins this match with the numbers as the official score for, for it. Just curious. No, I think we should go with like our, our picks. So whatever we pick, the, the numbers we can just do for fun and we can discuss it on next week's show, but we'll count like our actual the picks that come from our, our brains will count. Oh, okay. All right. Interesting. Okay. Um, with that being said, I'm going to go smart money and I'm going to go with Asuka because um, I, I feel like she's uh, she's been on a roll and the people are into her and you know, the other girls have been more established. Asuka's still kind of new, and uh, I don't know. I just I, – I, I feel like it's, it's Asuka's match to lose, and, she, and she's got to win it. So that's my pick for the women's Rumble match. Well, both good picks. Interesting pick with the Dark Horse pick and Mandy Rose. Uh, Asuka is definitely, uh, definitely smart money. 
I'm not going to agree with either of you. Um, there's one uh, one woman in this room. Well, first off, I don't think it's going to be a dark horse pick. I don't think it's going to be one of the surprise entrants of which there can be nine possibilities. I think it's going to go to an established star and someone who's gotten close, who has lately gotten close but has not gotten to the big dance yet. And I think it's relatively smart money as well. I'm going to go with the big woman, Nia Jax. Uh, I think, you know, a match like this is obviously right up a rally. Um, and she, she's gotten very close to being in, in contendership for that title, but she hasn't got it yet. And I think, uh, I think she's due. Uh, I'm, I'm a fan. Uh, I've said it before. I'm going with Nia. I just hope they give us whatever, you know, I, I mean, again, with, with wrestling, I, I don't, you know, I can't tell you how often people ask me who my favorite wrestler is. I'm like, I don't really have one. I just, I root for good stories. I root for good events. And I hope in this match, um, we get it. I hope we don't get a, a repeat of, of money in the bank where, you know, we got the kick-ass money in the bank, uh, uh, later in the week on SmackDown, you know, I, 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 I want them, you know, and, and honestly, if, if the ladies, if you, if you give the ladies the time, and uh, the storytelling, and, and, and you give them the, the creativity to, to do what they can do, I mean, let them upstage the guys. I mean, and then the guys need to step up their game. I mean, I don't, I don't like that whole idea of, you know, we don't want to compare the two. We don't, I, to me, it's like let them both like blow the doors off. Let, give us two kick-ass rumble matches. Um, so I hope they get the time and everyone gets a chance to really show their stuff in, in this rumble match. Let's run through, like, we got a couple of pre-show matches. Um, that you know, it's like I don't really care about. So I mean, let's like run through like we gonna each like hit our picks for these these three matches. Uh, I think I Bobby Roode is is uh, fighting TBD. Um, TBD a a tough competitor. Um, I don't know um how exactly he became the number one contender for the, the U.S. title, but TBD to be stepping in the ring with Bobby Roode. Um, hard fort match. Um, I admire what TBD brings to the table, but I think Bobby Roode emerges victorious, retains his title. We got Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson versus the Revival. Um, I, I don't know. I, I guess I like the Revival, but I feel like they're just going to be the punching bags right now. Um, I, I see Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson going over. Maybe we get a beatdown afterwards, something like that. Or maybe we get a beatdown during and uh, a victory via disqualification, which I think the Revival could use. But I think Gallows and Anderson emerge victorious. And we got Callisto, Linsterado, Grand Metallic versus TJ, blah, 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 blah. I can cares. <laughs> oh, God, who cares? Ah, whatever. Flip a I'll, I'll, I'll go with... Uh, TJP, gentlemen, Jack Gallagher, and Drew Gulak with the victory. Dave, your thoughts on the pre-show? I think this pre-show kind of sucks. But, um... <laughs> oh, there's a song. This is like, like I kind of allude to it sucking, and you just like cut through all the BS. Like, well done. Yeah, that's what I what I do. Yeah, it sucks. I mean, it's gonna suck. Well, I wouldn't say it's gonna suck. Most of it's gonna suck. But um, I, I will say this about the Bobby Roode open, glorious open challenge. I'm praying to God that it's not Dolph Ziggler. I want Dolph Ziggler to return in the Royal Rumble match because I feel like creatively it would look so stupid if Dolph Ziggler were to win the U.S. title, walk out, 
vacate the title and then come back only to say, hey, I want my title back. Like, it would just make his character look so dumb. So with that being said, whoever wrestles Bobby Roode is going to lose. So Bobby Roode, that's a pick right there. Uh, Club and Revival uh, could go either way. So um, I felt like the Revival kind of, they got tied to the whipping post Monday night. So they're going to win. And the Cruiserweights, another match I could give a shit about. But I'm going to go with the Babyface Cruiserweights winning. And there you have my shitty pre-show picks. <laughs> Your thoughts, Rock? Well, I'm not going to go into much analysis because obviously nobody cares. But uh, honestly, I've had very good uh, history with TBD. I'm going to go with TBD for the victory <laughs> and not the title. Uh, I, I think whoever TBD is, they are going to be a tough op- either a tough opponent or they're just going to get this, the, or they're going to draw the victory some screwy way. Uh, I like Dave's point as far as the Gallows and Anderson versus the Revival. I think the Revival uh, deserves a win after getting beat down by the Legends, so go with the Revival. And, you know, nothing hypes up the crowd more than watching a couple of uh, 205 Live baby faces fly around and win. So I'm going with Kalisto, Dorado, Metallic, and TJ. No, and Metallic, that's it. I, I, I don't even know who the face or heel in 205 Live World is anymore. Yeah, it's just I look at I'm just like, like I don't care. I, just, I care so little. I care so little. And I love Bobby Roode. I just I don't know if this TBD thing is, um, I don't know. It's like good for him. And I agree with you, Dave. Like I would love to. I don't want to see Ziggler go after Roode's title. Just I, that that makes no sense with with his character. Um, so yeah, there you have it. Picking the the pre-show matches and uh, let's let's get one more match in and then we'll uh. We'll hit the news. Uh, let's see. Well, it is where now we get into the nitty gritty. Now we get into like some some juicy matches, and it looks like I mean, you know, as as much as Dave cut through the BS, and as as bad as the pre-show looks, the the, the event itself uh, between making history with the ladies' rumble match, um, the men's rumble match, and and the rest of the matches on this card. Uh, this has got a lot of potential, and I love the fact that I can sit here right now and say that potential match of the night, show stealer, you know, maybe even a match of the year candidate when it's all said and done down the road a piece, that I can say that about a tag team match. When I look at the Usos versus Gable and Benjamin, a two out of three falls match for the SmackDown Tag Team Championship, I look at that as that could absolutely be the match of the night. It might be the match that I'm most looking forward to as much as the Rumble is my favorite. I mean, I just love watching the Royal Rumble. Um, But I think this is going to be such a great match. Four skilled tag team competitors. I'm pretty pumped for this match. I'll throw to you first, Dave, on this one. What are your thoughts on the Usos versus Gable and Benjamin? I like that they've put these guys together. They've had a series of good matches. Um, I've been really enjoying the development of Gable and Benjamin. They've been working really well as a team. I didn't expect them not to. Um, I'm liking Gable's skills on the mic, and he's kind of got a little bit of an edge to him. Um, I I think he's a stud, and I think he's very underrated, and I would think we're going to see big things from Chad Gable um, in the the near future. Uh, You know, I think he's going to be the the, the real anchor of this team with him and Shelton Benjamin. Um, Usos are Usos. They set the bar in WWE Tag Team Wrestling, and I, I, I'm not expecting a bad match from these two teams. Uh, with that being said, um, 
the Usos, they've done a good job of establishing themselves as the top of the mountain tag team in WWE and on SmackDown. And I think it's time that we see a change in that. And I think they've already established themselves. I think it's time for Gable and Benjamin to have a run with these belts and have maybe the Usos chasing them after the title. So I'm expecting a fantastic match. Matt, I'm going to go on record saying this could be match of the night. And we're going to see Gable and Benjamin come out with the victory and become new SmackDown Live Tag Team Champions. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this match. Uh, obviously, the Usos, who in the beginning when they were wearing their neon colors and jumping around and doing their hakas and all that jazz, I wasn't really a fan of. But ever since they they did their heel turn and they've uh, evolved into the, the, the urban Usos, uh, I, I love what they do. Uh, and they are absolute gold in the ring. And then you have Gable and, and Benjamin. I, I almost think, like, Benjamin was a bone they threw Gable after they took away his tag team partner. You know, because I, I never got that. American Alpha was over and yet separation. I don't get it. But anyway, uh, obviously Gable, a uh, 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 tag team competitor. Shelton Benjamin, obviously a very seasoned tag team competitor. And I am a big fan of uh, Benjamin. I think this is going to be uh, one hell of a, a two out of three falls match. I think you're going to get a lot of exciting spots in it. Uh, you're going to get a lot of uh, hard-hitting uh, impacts. And at the, end of the, at the end of the day, when the dust settles, I will agree with Dave. I think it's Chad Gable and Sheldon Benjamin becoming your new SmackDown Tag Team Champions. And we have our first hat trick of the night. I am going with brand new, and I love the Usos, and I love them even when they were wearing the neon. I am an Uso fan, um, but I think this is going to be a hell of a matchup. But I, I points, good points abound. I uh, think it's just time, and the Usos lose nothing, and the Usos will get a return match here. Um, the Usos are even losing the title; they're still the the cream of the crop as far as tag team wrestling. Um, you know, it, it's time to give someone else the rub. So I'm going with Gable. And Benjamin with the victory as well. Three four seven eight three eight ninety one five is the number to call. We're a little behind schedule, but so we're gonna get it done right now. It's time for better late than never. Dave's fifty fifty news report. Good evening, and welcome to the most comprehensive news report in the pro wrestling podcast game today. This is the day five fifty fifty news report, only heard at the top of the hour or later. Right here at the Ken Reedy Show, the best in pro wrestling talk. Now, before I get into this week's top stories, don't forget to search, like, and or follow B-Plus Players Radio, where you will find this show along with countless others that delve into the world of professional wrestling on a daily basis. You can find this show after it airs late Sunday evening, possibly early Monday morning. And that's all thanks to this guy. You may know him as the Dr. Frankenstein of B-Plus, but I'd like to refer to him as the happy wanderer of the independent wrestling scene, Mr. Mark Adam Haggerty, the guy who steers the ship of B-Plus has his very own show you should also check out. It's called The Outsider's Edge. Search B-Plus Players Radio on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to find out that we are part of the ever-evolving pro wrestling podcast game in 2018. What are you waiting for? Go check us out right now. Well, not so fast. First, Ken has to mute the mic if he already hasn't, and I have top five stories to deliver. Then after all that's said and done, we have a show to do, so when we get off the air, then go find out what B-Plus Players Radio and the Ken Reedy Show is all about. Now, with that being said, 
here's this week's top stories. Kicking things off this week is the long-rumored announcement that wrestling fans were hoping wasn't true. The rebirth of the XFL. For months, rumors circulated of WWE Chairman Vince McMahon's desire to reform the defunct football league that lasted only one season in 2001. When McMahon sold personal shares of his WWE stock to help form Alpha Entertainment, many guessed that the XFL was to be behind that move. On Thursday, McMahon finally revealed the plan to relaunch the XFL in 2020 to give the league enough time to find and scout players, coaches, personnel, and league officials to make sure they get it right this time. McMahon stated that he wants to bring the game of football back to the fans, and by doing that, he'll be start, he will start by debuting his league after the NFL's Super Bowl. The league will run from the end of January to early spring with a 10-game season. There will be eight teams with 40 players to a roster, all owned by the XFL, with four teams eventually making the playoffs to determine a champion. McMahon also stated that this league would be family-friendly, and he wanted quality players and quality human beings to be a part of it. If you so much have a DUI, you will not play for the XFL. One important thing to note, McMahon made mention that there would be no crossover of WWE, and that he was planning on hiring professionals to run the league instead of himself, who had more of a hands-on approach the last time around. His duties as WWE chairman will continue, and the XFL will not get in the way of that. The league hasn't narrowed down cities to host teams. However, they are targeting cities that already have NFL teams and that have stadiums readily accessible to play in. Names of the teams have not been determined yet, and when doing so, they will be new names from scratch and not the rehashed from the previous XFL. The XFL is scheduled to be airing on all streaming devices and platforms. However, they are entertaining offers from television networks. McMahon did say this might be the final time you hear him publicly discuss the relaunch of the XFL. Nonetheless, time will tell on McMahon's newest endeavor outside of world wrestling entertainment. In our second story this week, azcentral.com broke the news in a press release that next year's Royal Rumble event will take place in Phoenix, Arizona at Chase Field, home of Major League Baseball's Arizona Diamondbacks. This is the second time in recent memory that WWE held the Royal Rumble event in a large stadium setting, as it was last year, 2017, where the Rumble emanated from the Alamo Dome in San Antonio, Texas. This is also the first time since 2003 that WWE held a large event at a Major League Baseball stadium since WrestleMania 19 at Safeco Field in Seattle, home of the Seattle Mariners. Chase Field in Phoenix is able to hold 48,519 fans for a baseball game. For an event the magnitude of the Royal Rumble, expect that number to grow substantially. The press release also indicated that WWE would be holding another would be holding other events over the course of the weekend. As it's been customary for the big four events, it's expected that TakeOver, NXT, along with Raw and SmackDown, take place at the Talking Stick Resort Arena in Phoenix. The Valley of the Sun is no stranger to big WWE events as they hosted WWE's WrestleMania 26 in 2010 at the University of Phoenix Stadium in Glendale, as well as the 2013 Royal Rumble event. My third story this week, as much as it pains me to even report on this subject matter, it's news. And if it's regarding a potential future ass-whooping of a certain former straight-edge professional wrestler, then who am I to leave all of you in the dark on this subject? So here it goes. UFC President Dana White spoke at the New York Post this week, and when the subject of former WWE superstar CM Punk came up, White had some very interesting things to say. 
In regards to another fight in the UFC, Dana White said he would give Punk another shot in the octagon at a later date. As you may recall, Punk competed at UFC 203, losing to Mickey Gall via submission in the first round. Not the stellar performance CM Punk or his loyal fan base expected for his debut into MMA. No day has been set for Punk's redemption fight, or should I say, nonetheless, all of you CM Punk cornhole sniffers will be dumb enough to shell out 60 bucks to buy this fight, only to see him looking up at the lights yet again. And Dana White, CM Punk, and the UFC walk away with a chunk of extra change in their pocket. And for the record, let me save you the trouble by saying, yes, I'm telling you how I really feel. Speaking of UFC... That may be the next stop for the current Universal Champion, Brock Lesnar, after his WWE contract expires this year. Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer reports this week that Brock's WWE deal ends the night after WrestleMania 34. However, certain aspects in that contract stipulate that the deal could be extended through August. In the same New York Post interview I made mention of in my previous story, UFC President Dana White revealed that, in his opinion, Brock will compete in the UFC in 2018. It's believed by some according to The Observer, that Lesnar at 41 years old will want one more huge UFC payday, and that could be that, that he could be using that as a bargaining chip with WWE when it comes time to renegotiate. The Observer also reported this morning that the stipulation regarding Brock sticking around after WrestleMania may in fact come to fruition, as the newsletter reports that former TNA World Heavyweight Champion Bobby Lashley is in fact on his way back to WWE, and he could be inserted into a storyline with Brock Lesnar. Lashley was in the middle of negotiations with New Japan Pro Wrestling, but as of this morning, those talks have ended. Speculation suggests that the dream match with Brock and Lashley will be set to commence in WWE. Lashley is officially a free agent as of this morning, so an appearance at tonight's Royal Rumble is a possibility, however, not in the plans, according to sources. And in my final story this week, WrestleMania rumors keep coming in and will continue to do so until the card is final. So here's the latest this week. The Miz is set for a major push heading into WrestleMania 34 with a featured match on the card. His Intercontinental title victory over Roman Reigns on Raw 25 this past week was just the beginning of setting that up. It's rumored that The Miz will defend his Intercontinental Championship against Braun Strowman on the card. It's also being reported that allegedly the release of his upcoming USA Network reality TV series with wife Maurice, may also tie into his monster push heading into WrestleMania. On the subject of the most must-see newborn in WWE, the arrival of Miz and Maurice's baby couldn't come at a better time, as it's being reported the due date for baby Miz is April 6th, just two days before WrestleMania. Another rumored mania bout that just surfaced this week is between Seth Rollins and Jason Jordan. It's believed that their issues on Raw 25 this past week was WWE creative planting seeds for a split in the very near future and a potential match between the two inside the Superdome this April. Here comes the standard, as always, WWE creative's plans can and will change between now and WrestleMania statement that I've been known to spew when it comes to the infamous WrestleMania rumor and innuendo. There you have it, folks. Thanks for tuning in this week to another informative edition of the Dave 55050 News Report. Check back here next week at the top of the hour for all the chatter that the wrestling business produces, and I'll do my best to sort it all out for you as only I can. More pro wrestling talk is on the way as we still have tonight's Royal Rumble to dissect on this Royal Rumble pregame show. So without further ado, Ken and Rocky, take it away. Good stuff, and we got to get into it at some point. I mean, I was, you know, maybe I'm the one, but I was a big fan of the XFL when it first came around, and it was a shame that the 
mainstream media like really really bashed it and uh, the football to me got better as the season went on um, but viewership got worse as the season <laughs> went on hence it going away so I, I'm kind of psyched I'm kind of psyched that uh, it's coming back um, we'll see what cities uh, and what happens and uh, then we need to have a, a football show in the not too distant future but should be interesting to see how the XFL plays out and let's get back into wrestling and let's stick with tag team. I, I mean, I think, you know, it's interesting when we look at the tag team championship for raw um, again, I think this is going to be a really good match. I think it's going to be a fun, hard hitting matchup. Um, I look at this match, honestly, as, you know, number one, who thought Cesaro and Sheamus? I, I mean, I, these guys work. They, they really do. Um, I think it's going to be a fun match. Uh, maybe not as good as the other tag match, but I still think it's going to be a, a fun, hard hitting uh, Max, why don't we shoot to Rocky first on this? And Rocky, your thoughts on this, uh, the Raw Tag Team Championship match? Uh, well, like you said, Ken, I, I'm I'm looking forward to this match, too. Uh, I think the tag team uh, scene right now, both Raw and SmackDown, is pretty, pretty good. And as you said, Cesaro and Sheamus, when they first got together, you know, that, that, that was the story they pushed. It, it was a mismatch from the beginning, but they have evolved into one hell of a tag team. And I'm love, I love the bar. I think we all love the bar. But uh, that being said, as far as Seth Rollins and Jason Jordan versus Cesaro and Sheamus, I am going with – I have to go with the bar. Uh, I love the bar. Um, It's going to be a hard-hitting match, and you're going to have some – you're going to have some hard-hitting action. But like uh, Dave alluded to in his his news report, they're planting those seeds for uh, Jason Jordan and Seth Rollins. And – it was obvious by that interview on uh, on Raw 25, the crowd is just hating hating Jordan and of course loving Rollins. Why not? It, it, it writes itself. Split them up, have them go against each other, and this could be the impetus for for that pat down there. Yeah, I mean, I, I I agree. I mean, I love Jordan now. I mean, I hated him and I hated the Angle storyline with him being uh, Angle's kid. But I, I, you know, the way he gets heat is just I'm enjoying it. it it's entertaining. Um, I am going to disagree, though, with your pick. I think the, the titles will stay put for now. Um, I don't think it's time yet to break them up, so I think we'll, we'll still get some more seeds planted here. Uh, perhaps, uh, you know, maybe Jason Jordan uh, upstaging Seth Rollins in the post-match celebration. Maybe we have something happen during the match, but I say they retain the title. We're still – I'm hoping, and, and maybe this is just me hoping. I, I just would like to see the slow burn. So we've seen the seeds planted. I say it doesn't happen as of yet tonight. So they retain, but the seeds are still being planted. Dave, your thoughts? Um, I like the bar. I like uh, the development of that team, and they've really come into their own. Uh, I feel like, though, in recent months, um, the, the the raw tag team division has really, uh, you know, disappeared in many ways. You know, you had the bar, you had the shield. You had the club, you had the Hardys, and the Revival, a lot of injuries, different moving parts around. And, uh, you know, I'm just never really a big fan of this Jason Jordan thing with him being Kurt Angle's son. I'm still not. I don't believe it. I don't buy it. But he's kind of really grown into the role of being this, like, spoiled little entitled daddy's boy that, you know, thinks that, you know, he's he's, he's all that in a bag of chips. And, yes, that was very 90s of me to say that. But, um, you know, I've kind of – enjoyed his development into this role uh, and, the, and the bickering with Seth Rollins. 
I'm kind of on the fence here. You could go either way. You could, you know, split these two up and, you know, have them lose the titles tonight. Or you can kind of, like you said, Ken, slow burn it a little while and see these two eventually, you know, split down the line. But you see some of that dissension taking place tonight. Um, I'm just going to flip a coin. I'm going to say that I'm going to go with the bar. Um, they're, they're consistently a better tag team than these two. And I feel like, um, you know, with the revival and the club kind of having a place in, in tag team on the tag team scene on raw, I feel like, um, you can kind of take Rollins and, and, uh, and Jordan's issues and move them away from the championships, still kind of have them relevant in the tag team scene, but, um, not with the belt so that you can give other groups, the other teams like the revival and the club an opportunity to mix it up with the bar for the championship. So that being said, the bar takes it tonight and leaves with the titles. And I'm out there on an island with the title retaining. And uh, all right, let's get into uh, some of these championship matches. AJ Styles uh, versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Handicap match. For the WWE Championship, um, you know this—I I mean, we might have some. Some. It's interesting with the, this match and, and the other and the Universal Championship match because a lot of this stuff, like to me, uh, you know, it comes down to how like things are going to be booked and you know what direction they go in. Like, do you have like you know Owens and and Zayn go over and then you know AJ inserts himself into the Royal Rumble. You know, it's interesting, like, where things are going to be on the card, um, how that all plays out. I, I don't think this would be a matchup that would go on last. I don't think this is a main event type matchup. When I think about booking the show, I think the Universal title match or the Men's Rumble will be the main event. And that's even when you think about booking, like, what direction they're going to go in. I digress. Looking at this matchup, honestly, they've done, you know, when you look at certain guys, and this is where, like, you know, with certain fans and when you get critical of the WWE, and we're critical here too, but, you know, sometimes guys just, they just don't have it. You know what I mean? Like, like sometimes there are guys that just aren't, you know, why do certain guys get over and certain guys don't? And, and you know, when, when fans, like, are fans of, of, like, a certain wrestler, they love to say, like, well, they're not booking him right. That's why he's not over. But, like, look at what they, they've done a masterful job with AJ Styles. And, and, and maybe it's just sometimes, you know, it just doesn't work. Um, so, I mean, when I look at this match, I, I think they've, they booked AJ really well. They, you know, in, in a weird way in his short time, like AJ's become a WWE all-time great. It, it's incredible. Like to see like how they, they've done right by AJ. And, and I do think honestly, this is another vehicle for him to, uh, show how phenomenal he is. So this is him retaining the WWE championship in a handicap match, um, as much as I think it would be very entertaining to see co-champions uh, with, with Owens and Zayn, but I think this is just another vehicle to continue to uh, create the WWE legend, I guess, of AJ Styles. So I think AJ Styles emerges victorious, retaining the title. What do you think, Dave? Um. I've kind of dug this storyline. A lot of people have kind of scratched their heads at the, the, the booking of it, and I've really dug it. I've kind of dug the, 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 the character transformation of Daniel Bryan in this situation and how he's kind of riding that fence of, like, you know, if he's a good guy or if he's a bad guy. And I, I've, really, I've really been super intrigued in how this is all going to play out. Um, 
a lot of speculation has come about in recent weeks that um, this match is the catalyst for a Kevin Owens-Sammy Zayn breakup, and I do not like that idea if that's a creative decision that's going to be made. I've been really digging the fact that these two um, are together and they're friends and they're annoying, you know, everyone and running roughshod over SmackDown and just the chemistry that they have together as partners in an alliance. I really have dug that because, I mean, we can watch them fight forever and it will still be good, but I like this different spin that these two are are friends. And Sami Zayn has played a really good, annoying chicken shit heel, and I just think he should continue with that and, Owen, and, and being associated with Owen. So right off the bat, I just want to say I'm hoping that this match doesn't turn into – um, Owens and Zayn having dissension with one another because I think there's too much of that going on right now with like the Rollins and, and Jordan situation and we'll see some of that in the respective Rumble matches with partnerships so I think too much you know break too many breakups in one Royal Rumble event is a little too much for my take my taste but um, with that being said I think it's going to be a good match from what I'm hearing Owens is legitimately hurt with a back injury so he might have limited interaction in this match. But judging by what took place on Tuesday on SmackDown, with Zayn getting a victory over Styles and Owens losing the Styles, I could see um, that being a reason for some kind of dissension between the two um, at some point in this match. And once again, not really a big fan of that, but whatever the case is, I I see this being a really good match. Um, All three guys are very familiar with each other. They're great in the ring, and I just think that it's – I'm going to be very pleased with the match. I'm, I might be, you know, overhyping it, but I'm, I'm really interested in the finish of this match and if Shane McMahon or Daniel Bryan has any kind of involvement in this match. That's what I'm really looking forward to um, out, of, out of all of it. So, um, like you said, Ken, in a short period of time, AJ Styles has become, you know, no pun intended, phenomenal in WWE and one of the all-time greats. Like I said in my throwback, he's the greatest in-ring performer of this generation, and I think tonight his performance in a handicap match, defending his title, he will continue to prove that. Uh, so with that being said, i got to agree with you. AJ Styles leaves the Royal Rumble with the WWE Championship. And that's the thing, man, you know, and it's interesting on this show, like we did have, you know, way back when we actually talked about TNA. And, and we did have a conversation of how bored we were with, with AJ Styles at the time, that as, as great as he was in ring, uh, his character was lacking. And just shows like, I mean, you know, it could be with age and just finally getting it, a little WWE magic, whatever it is. But, like, you know, AJ has gotten here, and he's just been nothing short of just amazing since he's gotten to the WWE. Your thoughts on this matchup, Rocky? Well, you have three uh, very skilled competitors, so obviously it's going to be a good match. Um, I'm not sure if I agree with the booking of it. Uh, although the, the idea of, of co-champions can, can be kind of intriguing, I, you know, to me the booking is a little wonky. Um, that being said, you have, the, you have AJ Styles on one side, like you said, has established himself as uh, – one of the all-time greats, definitely uh, a Hall of Famer to be. Uh, on the other side, you have Owens and Zayn, who have their own issues, who have their own histories. And I agree with Dave. I really hope they don't split them up right now because they, they've, you know, they've recently gotten to this point uh, of being on the same page, and it's interesting to see where they take it. 
uh, and I don't think it's a time to split them up yet. Uh, with all that, I am agreeing uh, for the hat trick that AJ Styles will defend and retain his title tonight. And there we got another hat trick, and let's get into the other championship match. And uh, this is like, you know, for me as a wrestling fan, I'm just excited. And, and you know, our, our year-end show got cut off. Thanks, blog talk. <laughs> but, I, you know, one of the things I did, you know, I wanted to talk about in, in that year-end show, but I couldn't. Thanks, blog talk. Was the fact that I, I thought it was the reemergence of, of the big man and the reemergence of just punishing, hard-hitting, strongman kind of kind of wrestling matches. And, uh, you know, like the ambulance match with, with Reigns and, and Braun Strowman, uh, you know, Brock Lesnar being the champion, obviously, you know, his matches are always hard-hitting. Um, and I dig that. And I, and I think, you know, this is one of those matches where when you book the two championship matches, I think it's pretty cool because I think you got on the SmackDown side with the WWE title, you'll have a – some great storytelling because all three of those guys can tell a story, but you'll have a lot of athleticism, uh, a lot of, you know, one of the things I think that, that makes AJ great is that he uses his spots in the right spots. <laughs> you know, he, he, he uses them to facilitate the story, not just doing flippy doos, um, you know, the whole match for the sake of doing a flippy do. Um, but I think you're going to have a, a very athletic, fun, at times quick paced matchup. Um, which is great that when you book that, because by contrast, on the Raw side for the Universal Championship, I think you're going to have a very hard-hitting, brutal matchup with a a lot of plunder, baby, if you will. And so when you look at this matchup, uh, you know, that's why I I think, you know, some of the booking and then the way this event kind of plays out is really intriguing because – if this match goes on last, and all right, it goes on last, and then we know the winner of the Rumble already, and that person's going to challenge the victor. Um, if this match goes on before the Rumble, do we have one of these guys enter the Rumble? Um, you know, I would personally, I would love to see something, and I think you could do it with Braun or Brock, um, where, you know, say Brock retains and Braun enters himself into the, the, the rumble. And I would, I would almost like book the rumble as a squash. Like I would literally like have like what, whoever's in the ring at the time that he, he comes down, you know, say, I mean, I would love to have like a good 10 guys in the ring. And then you just hear the, and he comes down and proceeds like within like 30 seconds, throw everybody out of the ring and just wait for like the next guy to come down. Like I would, that's how I would book it. I would just say, you want to run with him as a monster, do something like that. And I think you could do the same thing with Brock. If Brock wound up losing the title, he enters himself into the Rumble, he comes down and, you know, raises holy hell and just decides that Philadelphia is Suplex City and just suplexes everyone out of the ring and just will get his rematch going into Mania. Um, I think that could be a fun way to book it. So it's interesting to see, like, you know, what the order of the matches are tonight. That all being said... Um, it's a shame. I love Kane. I'm a Kane fan. I think Kane um, is a Hall of Famer. Um, I'd like to see better for Kane, but I think Kane is in this match to eat the pin. Uh, that's essentially look. If Kane wins tonight, I think it would be awesome because it would turn everything on its ear. The and the IWC would be like, Oh my God, man! Why is this? It's so- <laughs> 
I don't want the chain anymore. It's not fair. And then we'll see all those videos where you see people like bashing their TV and stuff like that. Which I, love, is, I love. I do too, you know. <laughs> and and we see probably people crying in Philadelphia, which would be fun too. And um, so it's all that good stuff tied to it. And I pop if Kane won, but I'm not going to bet on Kane winning this matchup. Um, similarly to to what I was saying with with AJ Styles, um, I think Lesnar's champion Braun is just uh, illustrated like what this guy can go through to retain that title. It's been a really cool run to me with him, um, just just battling all foes and, and holding the title for quite some time. And uh, to me, in this triple threat matchup, I, I think this is the, the place where Brock Lesnar retains. Kane probably eats the pin, which would prompt uh, Braun Strowman to be really pissed off. I, I the, the way the, the run that Lesnar's had so far, I, I just think uh, if he's going to drop that belt. It should be at WrestleMania. It's been a great championship run. Um, I'm not sure if – I love everything Strowman's bringing to the table. Um, and I'm not going to say that Strowman's not ready to be the universal title holder. I'm not sure if he's ready to be the champ during WrestleMania season and heading into Mania. Um, I love everything he's doing, but I don't know if it's the right time to put the belt on him. So I'm going to go with Lesnar with the retention and we'll go to Rocky. Well, interesting call, Ken. Interesting call. Uh, I agree. This is going to be a one hell of a hard-hitting match. Uh, and I would give the credit to Braun Strowman that he has pretty much heralded, heralded the return of the big man. Uh, and there's something to be said for, for the big man wrestling. I'm going to go to my match uh, yesterday with Chuck Payne. Chuck, Chuck Payne is a big dude, and he tagged me with good shots. Obviously, uh, you know, you guys out there in blog talk land can't see my eye, but I, I did catch a couple of good ones. Um, but watching Braun work, uh, the man is simply inhuman. He, he is a true monster among men. And then you have Kane, and as you said, Ken, I am a Kane fan. I am a Kane tonight. I <laughs> have been a fan of his ever since the match, the freaking four-post flame. I wish he would do that again. I, I miss the pyro. Uh, but I do agree that Kane is there to eat the pin. Uh, but the question is, who gets the pin? And in that, Ken, I am going to disagree with you. Because during this run, uh, this run – that Brock has had, let's keep in mind that Brock has dropped the title before. He has dropped the title to Goldberg, and they had their little their, their little storyline, and it worked, and it, and it drew, and it was great. And in here, you have a different dynamic in that when you looked at Brock and you looked at, at Goldberg, physically, fairly similar. Uh, no one was going to dominate either one physically in a physical sense. When you look at Brock versus Braun, it's quite obvious. Braun's bigger. Braun is stronger. Braun is a freaking beast. So how, how do you develop the Lesnar character further? You have him overcome something like that for his belt. He is hung for his belt. So that's why I believe tonight you're going to see Braun Strowman in Kane and come out with the title, because then, as masterful as he is, Paul Heyman is going to make the argument, you did not 
beat Brock. Interesting. And that, and that works too, storytelling-wise. What do you think, Dave? I like that idea, Rocky. I really do. And as cool as I'd like to – as cool as that would be and I'd like to see that, I'm going to have to disagree with you. Brock Lesnar's character since I would probably say since his run-in with Goldberg – Brock Lesnar's character has been riding the vulnerability train for quite some time and managing to squeak out victories against the rematch against Goldberg at WrestleMania, the Samoa Joe match. He won the fatal four-way at SummerSlam. He had the match against Braun at uh, No Mercy. Hell, even the, 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 the classic he had with AJ Styles at Survivor Series. Styles had Brock's character up against the ropes at times during that match. But I feel like I feel like WWE creative, like Ken said, is not going to pull the trigger on Braun Strowman as the champion heading into WrestleMania season, their most important time creatively. I feel like if they were to do something like that, they would put the belt on him following WrestleMania, judging and, and, and seeing how well he would do post-WrestleMania to then maybe determine if he'll go into next year's WrestleMania with the championship. With that being said, this match, I've not really been a big fan of, of the buildup for it. I thought that the closing moments of Monday sucked. I, I mean, I didn't like anything but a whole lot about Raw 25, but I felt like Kurt Angle brought out a bunch of old guys and half the current roster to try and, you know, uh, keep the peace between these three guys. And the minute Brock's music hit, it was like everyone was like, fuck this, I'm not doing this. Let's just let him fight. <laughs> and the, Seriously, it was. It was like Kurt got them all in the ring. The minute Brock's music hit, all of a sudden it was like the Usos split, New Day left. This guy left, that guy left. They, they had Brother Love out there like he was going to keep the peace. Old-ass Bruce Pritchard. Love you, Bruce. But, like, that wasn't going to do the job, you know? With that being said, again, I can't, I, I can't see Brock losing. He's, he's, Brock's money. Brock is money, plain and simple. And I, 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 I'm going to go with the status quo here is that Brock's going into WrestleMania with the championship. And he's going to overcome these odds beating Beating, uh, pinning Kane, and Braun's going to come back later into the Royal Rumble match and make a statement, but not win it. I'll go on record as saying that. Brock keeps the title. I, I, I got to say, I love the fact that when they're, you know, Angle needed to keep the peace because these three, you know, behemoths are going to be in the ring. And the first guys to come down the ring were like Angle, Bischoff, Brother Love. <laughs> I'm like, really? These are the guys you're bringing down? I love you. I said I, I would have loved like I and they missed the boat. Like I wish they did more with with Brother Love being back. And I it would have been phenomenal if somehow with all the confusion, like Braun Strowman and Brother Love were in the ring at the same time, and you know Strowman just with smoke coming out of his ears, looking at Brother Love, and Brother Love just looks up at him and goes, "I love you." <laughs> At which point, whatever, like, you know, Braun, like, power slams him, punches him, whatever Pritchard was comfortable with taking. But I, I would have popped hard if they just they did something more with, with Brother Love. But, uh, yeah, I thought it was hilarious. It was like, oh, these three, these three world beasts, these three monsters, these three guys that just have made Raw, like, unsafe to be around. Well, it's a good thing we got Pritchard and Bischoff down. That'll, that'll definitely maintain order. I mean, they all, they're all the only guys that can make, like, WWE security look strong. <laughs> Shout out to you, Tony. Anyway, let's get into the Rumble. No, he was an EMT. Was he EMT or security? Uh, no, EMT. He was an EMT. 
Um, so anyway, the Rumble match. It's time. The men's Rumble match for a shot at the either championship, the WWE championship or the Universal championship at WrestleMania. Uh, why don't we, we'll throw it to, to, why don't we throw it to Dave first. Dave, your thoughts on the Rumble match, what are you looking forward to, and who do you think comes out victorious? Well, um, I said this earlier in the, in the discussion regarding the women's Rumble match. Um, they've done a good job of building that up because it's the first of its kind, and they've kind of let the 30 years of the reputation that the, men's have, the men have had just kind of speak for itself, and they really haven't put um, emphasis on it, which I'm okay with because they've had 30 years preceding tonight to, to, to show what the men in the Royal Rumble are all about. So I feel like the, the, the men's buildup is kind of flowing under the radar, but that's fine with me. Um, I'm hoping for some surprises. In the years past, we've been overhyping this match with surprises and who's going to show up and who's not going to show up and what instances are we going to see. Um, it's Philadelphia, so I feel like that they would have to deliver. But I said that last year, too, because they were in the Alamo Dome and it was a big stadium setting. And the, the, Rome, the, 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 the Rumble was a little underwhelming, in my opinion. So I'm just going to hope for a really good Royal Rumble match. We see some surprises. That's great, but I'm not getting my hopes up. Um, we see some instances where guys who've never met before clash with each other, uh, you know, or guys that have met before. Maybe we'll see like a John Cena, Randy Orton kind of, uh, uh, you know, interaction with each other or Roman Reigns and John Cena, um, Undertaker. I think Undertaker will be in this match, um, judging by what took place on Monday with, with that confusing uh, retirement speech or whatever you want to call it. But um, well, who I – in this match with who I want to win, I'm going with it's like my head and my heart, like you, Ken, and like you, Rocky. You've done this before, where you want to go with the smart pick, but at the same time, your heart really wants this individual. And I mentioned his name earlier regarding the U.S. title match, but I really want Dolph Ziggler to return and win this Royal Rumble to go on to face AJ Styles at WrestleMania. I think they would have a phenomenal, no pun intended, classic championship match, and I think it would be a good way for Dolph to return, considering the way his character left television over a month and a half ago. But I feel like that they're going to screw that up in the United States Championship match, so I'm not. I don't think Dolph's going to win it. I think they're going to give the Philly fans what they want because they don't want them to riot like they almost three years ago, and I think they're going to go with Nakamura. He's kind of flown under the radar, and I feel like he hasn't really had a chance to really excel and shine on the main roster with certain guys. And I think a guy like AJ Styles will bring the best out of him at a WrestleMania for the title. So my pick, Shinsuke Nakamura wins the Royal Rumble match. Wow, this is, this is tough. This is tough. Uh, you have room for a lot of surprises here. Uh, I'm going to go out and say I don't think any of the surprises are going to uh, pick it. But, you know, just a couple of names right off the bat that you can definitely call winning the Rumble. Obviously, you have Cena. Uh, you de- you could possibly have The Miz, although I don't see it. You could possibly have Reigns, just to, just to as Dave did before, stick it to the freaking fans. Uh, that being said, none of those names I think are going to come out on top. Uh, I'm also going to disagree with Dave as far as Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, it, it, is a, it is a safe money pick. I'm not going to argue that. But I think Nakamura can get to the top of the mountain without winning the Rumble. Uh, the question here is, 
is anyone who is young ready to have ready to have the rub of winning the Royal Rumble? And my call is going to be no. Uh, I don't think any of the youthful talent is quite ready yet. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at you know Rudolf. I'm looking at the Tiger. Well, obviously Ty Dillinger. Uh, Baron Corbin. Uh, I don't see it. Uh, nor so that kind of leaves as far as between. For me, it's a call between the old and the new. Uh, and I know I'm kind of going to contradict what I just said, but between the old and the new, I'm going to go between Randy Orton and Finn Balor. And who I'd like to see, you know, head, head and heart. My head says, or my heart says uh, Randy Orton, because I think Randy Orton and AJ Styles would be a sounding match. But I think I'm going to go with Finn Balor, especially with the rise of the Balor Club and that whole angle. Uh, I'm going to say smart, smart money's on uh, on Finn. That's going to be my pick for the Rumble. Wow. So the Balor Club emerging victorious. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I, I want to see. You know, you talk about surprises, you talk about um, surprise entrance. You can you talk about a lot of stuff. One thing that I would really like to see. No, not him. Not him. If you, if you saw if you saw on our Facebook page. I this would be a brilliant, brilliant return for Dolph Ziggler if this song hit and he backs out of the entrance with a hoodie on, the hood up, the place goes bat shit crazy, and he spins around and takes that hoodie off, and it's Dolph Ziggler. Holy cow. Uh, That would be brilliant. And in Philadelphia, that would be amazing. And honestly, at that point, whether he wins or he doesn't, it still would be amazing for him to troll Philadelphia in that way. So that's as far as like I don't really have a rooting interest as far as like who I want to see win. I just want to see that. I'm like hoping <laughs> I'm hoping someone's thinking of this. There's a, I'm, there's the right you. Yes. I, oh my God, that that would be amazing. Um, I, I think when you look at the Rumble, and one thing that kind of strikes me, and, and it would be cool if that happened with Ziggler. It would be great if Ziggler won. And, and, yeah, you get into that whole, like, head and heart thing. Um, and, and Ziggler versus AJ Styles, um, if he came back and won, would be amazing. I mean, those guys would tear the house down. Um, same with, with Orton and, and um, AJ. Um, I think those guys would tear the house down. I do think, and I keep saying and AJ, I do think when it comes to SmackDown, and as much as SmackDown has done all right for themselves, I, I still think it's pretty apparent that they are the B-show. Um, and even coming into to this match, you know, if you didn't know any better, if you didn't know the history, you just knew nothing about wrestling and turned this, this show on, you would think that the Universal title is more prestigious than the WWE title. Um, it's just the way they've done things right now, um, especially with the bigger, larger-than-life characters going after the Universal title. Um, I think SmackDown needs a victory. I think SmackDown needs the Rumble victory. You can build your championship match however – uh, however you want on Monday Night Raw, uh, headed towards Mania. I, I think uh, 
SmackDown having the, the victorious guy on their roster um, definitely makes sense for the, the company and, and for SmackDown. And, and that all being said, um, not a guy that I would root for, not a guy that I have a vested interest in. Um, I kind of just have this feeling that when it comes to Philadelphia, now the other thing is once I'm saying SmackDown needs it, I would love to see Reigns win. That's the other thing. I like. And not because I love Reigns, just to see Philly hate life. Like, I just would. I'd go for that. I, I, that would just be amazing. That, that would be like the big double middle finger from Vince. Like, I don't give a damn what you guys want. And you kind of alluded to it, Dave. Like, it would just be amazing because guess what? Next time we're in Philly for the Rumble, I'm going to sell it out again, and I'm going to do whatever the hell I want. <laughs> and, and so that, that would be tremendous, but I don't think that's going to happen. I honestly think they're going to kind of give in to the Philly fans tonight. And I'm going to agree with Dave. I think Nakamura is going to win. I think they're going to kind of give in to the Smarks and the IWC a bit here. And we're going to get the huge pop with him winning. And then, I, you know, I, I just don't have an emotional vested interest in, in the Nakamura character right now. Um, as is, I always kind of giggle to myself because I'm an immature 14-year-old. That I just hear shit stained when they say it's right. I hear shit stained. Um, I'm not into the character. Um, and I don't necessarily think that he's going to be great at, at a build towards Mania. However, I think they'll give us a classic. I think they'll give us something at Mania that the IWC will be able to get behind and, and most wrestling fans in general that, that they'll get behind a Nakamura versus AJ Styles at WrestleMania. So I think we have a, a potential show stealer between the ropes um, with a guy that I have no vested interest in as far as the build towards Mania. Um, so that, that's what I think is going to happen. So I, I would say Nakamura, the smart money. And, and honestly, and I don't think we're going to see Daniel Bryan. I think that's a lot of um, hype over nothing. Um, if we do, I hope we set up, again, something. I don't want to see him win. I want to see something non-title, something away from it. But I, I still would... Um, you know, even especially with the Enzo stuff, uh, you know, and negative press, kind of, you know, the press loves to jump all over wrestling when it comes to negativity. I mean, with all his health issues, if he got into this rumble tonight and God forbid got hurt, it just, it just, you know, I don't know. I, I don't do it. I, I, I sold out the arena. I got my network subscriptions. I got my 30 guys. I don't need Daniel Bryan. And quite frankly, when you think of a multi-billion dollar company like the WWE, they don't need Daniel Bryan. Um, and and what they need to do is stay away from lots and lots of bad press. And that, that if he hurt, uh, that would be it. So that's that's right. Nakamura with the victory. Rocky, you stand alone with with Finn Balor emerging victorious in the Royal Rumble remains to be seen. And we're getting set now with with just about a minute left. Monty, my dog, knows that I'm almost done, so he's barking, chomping at the bit. Guys, thank you all for tuning in. Again, next week is Super Bowl weekend. I don't know what we're doing, <laughs> to be honest with you. We definitely won't run, like, late in the evening on Sunday. We don't want to try and compete as much as, like, honestly, like, this show is going to be far more entertaining than the Super Bowl is going to be. Um, but we'll, we'll figure something out for next weekend. Uh, maybe we do a whole XFL show next weekend. Um, Yes, we'll analyze. We'll go back, watch XFL games, and analyze in the Outlaws versus the Hitmen. Um, but anyway, we'll, we'll be back next week doing something. Um, and and it's, it's exciting now, man. We're firmly in WrestleMania season. Uh, check out our Facebook page. Make sure you check out our Facebook page tomorrow night. We'll have a raw chat 
going on over there. Again, that's facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy show. And hell, like we'll probably be tweeting uh, during the, the show tonight on Rumble. Why don't you give out what's your, your Twitter handle there, Rock? You can find me at the Sergeant Cash on Instagram and Twitter. And, you know, at the Ken Reedy show is our Twitter handle. So I'll be tweeting out there during the Rumble. So for Dave and for Rocky, I am Ken. Thank you all for tuning in, and good night, everybody. I'm glad we hope.